steam rooms in a regular in a regular setting uh, can actually help in terms of boosting your immune system. Right, topic at hand, steam rooms. We're going to go over the why, the what, why, and the science behind it, and really how you can implement that into your life. Let's start with the what, Bostead. Sure, steam rooms, a room filled with steam. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they uh, yeah, wi widely known um, in, you know, a lot of common locker rooms and gyms. Um, I find the history of them fairly interesting. Um, they've been around forever, um, widely used during the Roman Empire, very widely used in the Roman Empire, then like the Turkish and Ottoman Empires. I know I just skipped a bunch of years, but um, basically they've been around a very, very long time, um, much longer and than many may realize and are not that well studied as I learned while researching for this podcast. I found that as well. And just widely, no surprise. And if you've heard us from the previous episode, the sauna, you're going to notice that there are a few, as we go through this, a few benefits that are, are very similar. However, when we start digging a bit deeper, it's interesting what, what the different types of, you know, dry heat versus wet heat and what that can do. I did not research the history of that, but no surprise that the Europeans um, leverage this a hell of a lot more than us Americans. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it appears to be big in India as well. I found some research papers from India. Um, but I think a, an interesting place to start may be, may be categorizing steam rooms and kind of showing how it fits with saunas, dry saunas, and with um, hot tubs, because I think a lot of people may have access to one of the three or have experienced, you know, one of the three. Um, so I think as we go through the, this podcast, we'll compare and contrast a little bit. Uh, but just to give folks the the big picture of it, um, saunas, in terms of the actual temperature of them, saunas are the hottest. Steam rooms are a lot cooler temperature-wise, like 120 degrees Fahrenheit to 130 degrees, which is what, one 10 Celsius or so. Um, and then whirlpools are like 104 degrees, um, or whirlpools also known as hot tubs are about 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, or I don't know the Celsius conversion offhand, but, um, it's interesting because even though saunas are the hottest, because they don't have as much humidity in the air, they allow sweat to evaporate more readily from your skin, which cools your body. It's the coolest temperature on your skin. And your core temperature actually takes the longest to heat up in a sauna, even though it is the highest temperature. I found that to be very interesting. There's a, a pretty, like, one of the best studies I could find um, comparing the three is from uh, Duda in 1987, compares the three of them. And, you know, just really interesting. I found that the, you know, the, the three of them, um, you know, I had not previously categorized them that way. So something to consider as we go through this and part of the reason for the different benefits between sauna and steam rooms are the fact that, um, you know, steam rooms, you are not nearly as hot. The steam is not as hot. 
but you retain a lot more body heat because of the higher humidity and the higher water content in the air, disallowing the sweat to evaporate more readily from your body. That's right. And I think that's a good segue into really why, why it works. And I think that you touched on it, but let's start with some of the benefits. And again, leaving a teaser for the previous episode, because I highly encourage everybody to listen to what we did, the breakdown on saunas. But what I found to be different from saunas that steam rooms are really efficient with, uh, one is your skin. And so you yes. touched on that and actually being able to have that moisture on your skin. Now you're able to, some of the studies and, and the information I was looking at, um, it's, it's opening up your pores, right? So it's able to clean your skin because it's loosening some of that dirt and debris buildup. Now, we might not, from previous episodes, that may not, in terms of hitting the stat sheet, it's not like, you know, you're lowering your risk of X, Y, Z, although there's some there's some that's very similar again to saunas, but with your skin, everybody wants clean skin, right? And we're thinking of our face. That's still really important to me. And I think it's important to most people. When you look at the skincare industry, when most people have this tool readily available at your local gym. Um, and I thought that was just, it was, I, I knew that, but I actually didn't know exactly the, the reasoning behind it and how it's able to. So that's one benefit. Exactly. Sure if you have anything to add to that. Just a quick add. Skin, definitely a big benefit. You'll notice in a facial, if you get a facial where they, you know, detox the shit from your face and then, you know, usually scrub on some other shit. Again, I'm not a master in, in facials, but they always start with steam. They always start with steam and they extract your pores like immediately after you've been steamed. So um, again, widely, widely used as a, a pore opener for a while. And again, I think comparing it to a sauna, uh, because you have that moisture in the air, it kind of, you know, rinses your, your skin better for lack of a better term um, and allows again, the pores to be open and, and all that good stuff. Without being the chemicals of a hot tub, which is certainly not good for your skin. Really, really good point. And so another another one that I actually did not know is relieving some of the symptoms from cold and congestion. Almost even to say too that that steam rooms in a regular in a regular setting uh, can actually help in terms of boosting your immune system. Mm -hmm. uh, one piece, uh, really being the steam being able to loosen up your the mucus phlegm. Um, this can help clear only congestion, but also when you're thinking of allergy season, right? It's almost mm -hmm. like a, it's like a doomsday prep for what's our, the inevitables coming. And I thought that was really interesting that the steam room helps. That's a bit different than, than the sauna. Absolutely. I mean, you're inhaling this, you know, bacteria and viruses don't like, uh, you know, heat in general. Heat is a very good way to kill viruses and pathogens that are in your body. That's why fevers are a thing. Fevers are the body's natural defense mechanism to a lot of those things. And first off, just being in a sauna or steam room and raising your core temperature is essentially giving yourself an induced fever. Um, so good for that reason. But the steam room, you're breathing the steam into your lungs, as you said, helps loosen mucus and is good for your lungs in a variety of ways, uh, but also can help kill 
a lot of the stuff that may be in there. One thing that I almost couldn't believe, so I got the reference at hand, which we will certainly link. You mentioned steam rooms being good for uh, for colds, right? Colds and, and flu and whatnot. There was a study in 2022, uh, Francisco Ramirez in the lab of Prashrakan, hydrothermotherapy in prevention and treatment of mild to moderate cases of COVID-19. And hydrothermotherapy is just a fancy way of staying a steam room. And they put people in steam rooms who had COVID and with remarkable result, like 90% of them had it cured either much faster than others or or in in you know much faster fashion. They were not instantly cured, um, but it made a dramatic effect in ridding COVID of their system, both symptomatically and when they tested them later. So I thought that take, was very interesting. Take that, Ivermectin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 actually pretty incredible. Like I said, when I was when I was going through that, it was I thought that to be very interesting. Where you're again, I use the scenario doomsday, where you're literally prepping for allergy season. You're really you're prepping for the sickness to come. But now that's the most recent, right? Because COVID is still around, but COVID was, uh, I mean, it, it stopped our entire world. And mm-hmm. the fact that something that you know call it call it exactly what it is, it has. It has taken out. I'd be actually interested. I'd be actually interested in understanding also, in terms of whether or not age plays a plays a factor in that, right? Because when we look at as well as also body type, body composition, so we know that COVID really affected a lot of of the elderly and those who are obese, and mm-hmm. so I wonder. Also, it having something to do with in terms of boosting your metabolism a bit. Like, I'd really, I'd like to understand if that that same study, if that had anything to do with, you know, the elderly as well as anybody that was obese. Um, I don't sure. know. More this specific study, no, I believe they were all like middle-aged men without any big uh, any big health issues outside of that. So that study, no, but. Um, again, as we alluded to before, one thing I found very interesting, I'm actually going to do a live live test, look on Google Scholar, saunas versus steam rooms. There is incredibly little uh, literature out there on, uh, on steam rooms. And again, just to kind of make my point, right? You go to Google Scholar, type in saunas, and you get how many results? 68,000 results. And for those who don't know, Google Scholar is a widely used, obviously it's Google, uh, but searches scholarly um, scholarly articles. And yeah, Steam, you get about a tenth the amount of results. So um, Steam rooms or hydrothermotherapy or whatever search parameter you put in um, leads to a lot less. So um, certainly, you know, it's very interesting that a study like that can come out that it helps cure COVID. Um, again, this is, I'm not suggesting that people do this to cure themselves of COVID, but I think that it is a, a wide, it needs to be studied much more. And in the conclusion of a few papers that I read, that seemed to be the consensus that, Hey, we found this really cool thing, but we think that this needs to be studied a hell of a lot more. Yes. The fact that that hasn't made made news that we don't know about that and the, the majority of the public 
does not know about that is actually quite concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also something to be said too, and I'd be curious based on you know one of your points earlier. Uh, when you think of like athlete's foot, you think of just some of these like, you know, ringworm, uh, do steam rooms, do steam rooms have that where it becomes a, a feeding ground for bacteria because it's not as high as the sauna, but it's at that, that, that point where it's tolerable. And, you know, I'm curious, does, does bacteria have the benefit of growing more rapidly in those types of environments? That's a very interesting you asked that question because I happened to read an article on that as well. And it said, yes, more bacteria does grow in a steam room versus sauna. The amount was not that crazy. It wasn't airborne or anything, but they said on surfaces it can, uh, can grow a little bit more. Basically, and now we're he- heading into the practical side here into our into our uh, you know step three um, what it is why it works and and how to apply it to your life but basically don't go butt ass naked in the steam room that's that's the, <laughs> the the moral of the story like the the research study I read was like I don't even know if it was a research study it might not have been peer reviewed science I think it may have just been in like a medical site um, so take that with what you will but. It just said, hey, if you're wearing like a towel around you, even you're you're not going to get anything, you know, of the sort. Um, but you might not want to go in butt ass naked. Yeah. Towel sandals, people. It's, it's not exactly. We're not asking for a lot here. Exactly. And uh, as somebody who's who's ventured into the steam rooms a few times, there's a couple there's a couple people I wish that would just follow that advice. <laughs> Absolutely. My favorite, though, is is that, and I'll go into the study of it, but people, when it comes to the delayed onset of muscular soreness, Mm -hmm. steam rooms, or call it wet heat, often has been linked to feeling the relief, the relief of muscle soreness much faster. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to go into this just quick study where they took, this was a hundred young subjects and now they didn't specify exactly the, uh, the age of these folks. And I'll put a link to this, but for 15 minutes, they were accomplishing just squats. And so they measured them for the next three days. They used for once one subject group, heat, dry heat, and then the other subject group, moist heat. And this was immediately after exercise. Now the results reveal that the greatest pain reduction was shown immediately after application from moist heat. Now that's really interesting. Now when we look at squats with no heat. No. So they were just doing, they were just doing, I I think that this was in regular room temperature. They were just doing. So, and this is also to be noted too, that this is uh, how they use this. This wasn't actually, um, I think the moist heat was more, um, uh, you know, chemical uh, moist heat, uh, where the the dry heat was more of a, it wasn't necessarily a sauna, but more of a, you know, heating pack. Right. And they had it directly applied. So essentially what the conclusion was, was that you were able to receive enhanced benefits uh, with 25% of the time. And they measured these folks uh, looking here, the application of heat, with dry for eight hours on the application 
uh, for one test group and then the moist heat for only two hours of application. And so with 25% of the time, you were able to receive, you were able to benefit from, I won't say instantaneous pain relief. Much quicker. That's it. Got it. And so, you know, I'm not sure how that compares or if you saw that study or if you saw anything when you were doing your research, but I thought that was really interesting just as somebody who does work out fairly often, who if I haven't done leg day in about a week, mm -hmm. I'm always feeling it. Um, this, this enlightens me in a number of ways, not only just on conversations to be able to talk about that and recommend these things, but also now to put in practical use for myself. Absolutely. And again, I think let's, let's move to our third point here, the practical application, but that makes perfect sense to me based on that first study I read from Duda, um, where steam rooms will increase your core temperature uh, a lot more, right? That's why it's so good for muscle relaxation. Um, it's, uh, you know, it increases your, increases your core temperature and muscles respond well to heat, like a heating pad, right? It's, it's, you're going to get a similar effect to a heating pad when you go in a steam room um, versus a sauna. So I, I think that's a very important point to make. And again, I found very little literature on steam room versus sauna. However, I know a lot of gyms typically have both. So how the hell do you decide, you know, you're done working out, which you should go in? Because um, I would imagine most are using this as a recovery tool post-workout. Um, you certainly can use it pre-workout to help loosen up. Um, I use that in my daily protocol after the uh, cold plunge to loosen me up a bit. But, you know, versus sauna versus steam room, how do you pick which to go in? You know, you just finished your workout. How do you finish which to go in? And as you just said in your last point, if you know you're going to be very sore or you are already very sore, um, it may actually be better to go in the steam room for that immediate effect of pain relief. Um, if you're looking for a more overall health benefit in terms of mood, I think sauna is associated a lot more with the neurological uh, effects, you know, the dynorphins that release the endorphins that, you know, increase your dopamine and, and, um, and related neurotransmitters. Um, saunas have been studied a lot more for longevity. So I think, you know, kind of overall health and, and mood, um, plus those heat shock proteins, which is a key part of saunas. Um, these, you know, basically recovery agents that are, are, you know, proteins that are released in your blood that help your DNA and, and other parts of your cells you know, essentially refold when they become denatured, other proteins in your body become denatured. Um, there, will, there will certainly be less of those in a steam room because there is less heat shock because there is less heat. Um, but if you're looking for just that muscle soreness relief based on you know, the data that I, or the research that I encountered, I think a steam room would be where you'd want to go. So where do you think, do you, do you think steam room also, because going back to also in terms of preparation for, you know, sickness or just boosting of your immune system, how are you implementing this on a regular basis? You know, it's obviously it could be a reason for, Hey, I know I'm going to be sore or I am really sore, mm -hmm. but I also see this as. No, I, I want to do this three to four times a week, and I want to be mm -hmm. in there 10 to 20, 20 minutes in each of my sessions. How does that sit with you? Yeah, it sits well. I mix it in 
randomly between steam room and sauna. I like both of them a lot. I think they both provide benefit. Um, I like stretching more in the steam room. So if I'm, if I have a muscle that's really tight, uh, as we know, steam room heats up your muscles a lot quicker. I'll go in the steam room and, and stretch, you know, stretch it out. Um, plus there usually happens to be a lot more room to stretch in a steam room versus a sauna. It usually has two tiers of bench and in my experience is usually a smaller enclosure. Um, I also say, again, there's no research around this, I don't think, but por que no los dos, right? I'll sometimes start in the steam room because that'll heat me up quicker and then I'll finish in the, uh, in the sauna. Um, so an interesting way to kind of, you know, gauge that as well. Um, I track my heart rate very closely. I have a specific like app that I made on my smartwatch that tracks my, like what zone of cardio I'm in while I'm in the steam room or sauna, you know, in different zones of cardio. Again, I need to research this, but basically the higher the zone is like the, obviously the higher the zone is the higher your heart rate is. And the different zones are associated with different uh, factors like zone three, I think is 140 to 155 beats per minute, somewhere like that. And that's commonly regarded as like intense cardio or a, a good spot. You want to be in at least zone three. And the sauna gets my heart rate going more uh, than the steam room. The steam room takes a little bit longer in terms of heart rate to get me there again, because it's not quite as hot, um, but they both get me there. So apologize for the long winded answer, but no. I like them. I like them both. No, why well, I I think what what clicks for me is being able to have something right. You're treating recovery like you treat your workouts, right? There's yes. a warm up period, then there's the endurance, there the actual activity, right? The I I believe what you said in our last podcast about saunas was this is weight training for your cardiovascular system. So that's really what the sauna is. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at a cold plunge, well, what are you doing? You're able to cool down. Now, I'm not saying for every single person, steam room, sauna, cold plunge, although right. I wouldn't hate you for it right. if that's your routine. But that's when you're looking at recovery. You have to look at recovery the same exact way that you look at training your muscles, training your body. Uh, at least that's how I look at it. Now, equally as important, I think that's something that's very commonly overlooked and something that I've grown a lot in in the past couple of years is as my workouts have gotten more intense, if I slip on the recovery routine, especially with, again, steam room, sauna, cold plunge, man, I know it. And within a week or two, I'm, I'm hurting so bad that I can't you know, perform near where I should be able to athletically if I'm you know, incorporating those different environmental protocols in. And again, it's just very interesting. All three of these, I think, have gotten more popular as people have, you know, gotten more interested in them and more research has come out more on the cold plunge and uh, sauna side versus the steam room. But it's also like we figured this out, you know, in the BC times, like the Roman Empire, these were very common. And right. they had to see some benefit because back then it was a way bigger pain in the ass to build a steam room than it is now where you, you know, attach a hose to the wall and, and a heating element and some, you know, attach it to a water line, right? Imagine that. But think of how much it takes so much energy to heat water to the point where it boils. Water of all liquids out there, this is chemistry nerd coming out, but of all like liquids out there, there's something called a specific heat which is how much energy it takes to raise something by one degree Celsius. 
And water is takes a huge amount of energy to raise uh, at all. It's it's very difficult to get water to change its temperature, which is why it's difficult to change your core temperature because we're you know, large percentage water. But back in Roman times, they had a big you know, I, I looked at like a diagram of one of the steam rooms back then, and it was this huge pot of water, and they had people, you know, chucking logs on a fire under that and making the water boil, and then it traveled up a chimney, like into another room that the steam did, and and that's where the the steam baths were. You know, think of how much energy that would take to maintain and build and all that. And I don't know about you, but I sure as hell wouldn't be doing all that if I didn't know that there was large benefit. Yeah. It's an excellent point. And I think it goes back to just keeping it, it simple. And the, at least when I look back at history and I look back at those that had already figured this shit out long before what we did, they were probably on the right track if we made it this damn far to where we're at today. Um, and so, yeah, the therapies that we've already talked about, I mean, I look at this as the, the Holy Trinity Personally, if I'm looking at at the top of the at the top of the pyramid, though, I really do think that the sauna is the elite um, amongst the the three that we've discussed here. I think all three definitely play a play a factor, and they should mm -hmm. be implemented. But you said it best. You know, it is weight training for for your cardiovascular system. Exactly. And amongst the three, in terms of how to implement this in your daily life, right, most likely find a gym that has one. Um, great. But I also know I have a friend whose, whose parents have a steam shower and there's like additions you can add, um, not redoing your whole shower, but, you know, basically a shower head that's really fancy and, and full, full bodied. And you can make yourself a little steam room in your shower uh, pretty easily. Or just having a really hot shower, you get, you know, obviously some of these benefits we talked about, um, hopefully not having the, the water too hot directly on your skin. But you know, in terms of cold plunge, sauna, steam room, I think steam room is likely the easiest and cheapest to implement in your own house uh, by, you know, having a, whatever shower head extensions or, or steam extensions on uh, your actual shower. We should look that up after this. I wonder if there's, you know, how many products like that are on Amazon because... I'd have to imagine that they exist and that would be a, a much better way. Yep. No, I think so as well. So, um, so we recapped. So just as a recap, we've went over, you know, what this is, uh, why does it work? The quick science behind it and how to make this a part of your daily life. Um, if you haven't, again, if you have not heard our sessions, our podcasts on, cold plunges and saunas highly recommend that you listen to that because you're you're going to be able to put the pieces together on exactly how to implement this and chances are if your gym does not have that depending on where you're you're at especially if you're in a city there are certainly things that you can accommodate you know when it comes to steam room just like you mentioned there are definitely products out there that can create that benefit for you there's uh, there's benefits also with the cold plunge as well as um, being able to get that dry heat from what a sauna brings. So um, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap it up unless you have anything else. I think it is. And um, quick Amazon search shows, shows that steam generators are like four to five hundred bucks and you can 
plug one of those babies into your shower and, and you got yourself a baby steam room. So, um, yes, I think that was a, a fantastic summary. Bruce, uh, if you made it this far with us, we certainly appreciate you listening and look forward to continuing to talk about these topics. Peace.